I know I may say this about every episode, but I really mean it. I am so excited for you to meet this next guest. Tracy Bernard is a very successful marketing agency owner and has been for many, many years. In this episode, she'll share her path on becoming this agency owner and how she became named one of the top 25 women in business by Prairie Business Magazine, the ripple effect her work with Black Hills Women Magazine, which she started, has had in the community, and advice for others looking to be truly successful in their line of work. She has done so many things and has so many interesting stories, including being an intern at the White House. Have a listen, tell us what you think, and enjoy. Welcome to the Lay the Course podcast, a show featuring women in business who every day are pursuing their life's passion through their work, inspiring stories by incredible women. And now here is your host, Kelsey Stein. Tell me about yourself and your life up to this point. (laughs) Well, um, I'm a mom of three boys. Uh, They're all in college and I'm married and... um, I've been a business owner for almost 20 years now and um, kind of making some changes in the last year or so, but I've had a very um, unusual life. So I'm, I'm told anyway, um, to me, it's just my life, but, uh, but kind of a unique life by, I guess, South Dakota standards and maybe just any standards, who knows, but um, moved a lot. My dad um, my dad is a, is a citizen, but he, um, is foreign born. He's Palestinian and, um, did things like li- I lived in Kuwait for a while. And I, um, I went to boarding school mm-hmm. and, um, did just some things that were a little non-traditional in terms of my upbringing, but yeah. probably gave you so many great experiences though, but yeah normal to you so (laughs) yeah you know it's like I've experienced racism I've experienced religionism I've you know um things that you know a white girl from South Dakota usually can't say (laughs) stuff like that so yeah a lot of things that maybe um were unique about me that came went into who I am as a person Mm so 23 kids that's mm-hmm. great. And a 20-year-old business. So mm-hmm. uh, what were you doing before that business? And how did you make the leap into entrepreneurship? And congratulations at 20 years. Like that's yeah. Fantastic. Thank you. <laughs> well, it was a little bit of a soft start. Uh, I, we were living in Minneapolis and we were looking at getting back to Sioux Falls or Rapid City. Um, we're both from South Dakota, but kind of originally East River kids. Um, but still had a lot of ties to the Black Hills. Uh, and we were looking to get back. And um, I'm pregnant with my third child. And it just had, you know, daycare was like, I can't remember. I think it was like $2,200 a month. Oh, my gosh. And, uh, yeah. And my, my career was super intense. And, you know, you get home and then you have these little kids that really need a lot of your attention. It all just kind of got really hard. Mm-hmm. And, um, and when 9-11 happened. I don't know. I, you know, it was like, a, it felt like a little bit of a priority shift for me. And, um, I asked my employer at the time, which was a, a software company out in Eden Prairie, Minnesota, um, if I could, you know, shift to more of a freelance capacity and do a handful of things, not in, um, at full time for them. And they said, yeah. So 
I kind of started out as a little bit of a freelancer while I was there. Um, and then we moved here all very kind of quickly back to back. Uh, my husband did find a job that we felt we could move for. Mm-hmm. And um, by this time, I'm nine months pregnant. So I'm not really thinking about the freelancing thing. I've got the one client I've got mm-hmm. the you know, um, but I'm really focused on my kids and I'll figure out the career thing after I have this baby and you know, the, that mindset. Yeah. Sure. And, um, but my husband lost his job about three weeks after we got here. And, um, I, I really like, uh, kind of, kind of lost it. <laughs> I, I mean, maybe it was being nine months pregnant, but I, 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 I'm not really a crier. I'm not like that, but I started crying and I couldn't stop for like hours. And I think I just was super scared mm-hmm. and, um, you know, I knew how long it took us to get out here and how long it took him to find a job. And I just thought, what are we going to do? And, um, so I think I changed a little bit on that day in terms of like, I just felt like I'm never going to be, um, dependent on anybody else for Mm -hmm. my children's security and income or my own, or, you know, and of course I can depend on my husband. This was not his fault, but, but just, eggs in one basket kind of scenario. Um, and so, but I had a, now a newborn, I, you know, and by the way, it's super surreal giving birth to a child when you have no income and oh. you guys, <laughs> and you feel like, cause, uh, you know, by the time I did give birth, we, he still hadn't, um, figured anything out. And so it was almost like a somber, like people, you could tell people felt sorry for us and neighbors were like bringing us food. <laughs> like we're not despondent, we have savings. <laughs> like, but but people were being very sweet. It, yeah, and that's that's the Black Hills, right? I mean, that kind of um, nice neighbor thing. And anyway, um, I decided that, that really my only option was to freelance who's going to hire this mom of three who's nursing how was I would we even afford daycare um so I really started to dial into the freelancing thing but I knew no one um my husband ended up getting offered a job but it was I think it was it was $35,000 a year for a family of five Mm -hmm. and um so that wasn't gonna work for us very well so I needed to bring in income anyway uh he he was able to just say, Hey, my wife can help you with that on these, these, uh, business calls that he was on for his job. And, um, one client turned to two. And I think the first year I made $5,000, but, but all of a sudden we were a family of five living on 40,000 a year. So, um, that paid for diapers and formula, you know what I mean? And, Mm -hmm. and so it was, uh, and I, I don't mean to make it, make us sound like we were in some horrible situation. We're still, you know, better off than so many people but but it was scary for us and we just the future felt uncertain and we as a couple kind of made it work and figured it out sure I mean that is a lot to deal with like first a new move and transition for yourself like changing your job even some similar work but a different location uh the loss of your husband's job just giving birth and then you grow a company. <laughs> like, those are so many, like, you think of Facebook when you put a milestone and all yours, like, right in a row right there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, and, and thank, I, thank God I didn't know what I didn't know, or I, I would have never had the confidence to, 
to even do it. I would have, if my older me were talking to my younger people, me, I would be like, girl, you aren't ready. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, you, you figure it out. And, um, and that's what I did. What I, when I needed to know, I learned and, uh, and I made mistakes and, you know, and then you just, you, you learn from those mistakes and you do better. But yeah. Can we dive deeper into that? What are, what are the, some of the things that you didn't know that like, is in the sense of like, how do I like pay taxes as a business or like those type of things? Or was it just like, Oh my gosh, it's unhappy. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, super, super funny story. I, I didn't know you had to submit sale. I didn't even know you had to collect sales tax on the service that I did. I did try to do some research and I did ask questions to people, but somehow I missed some of these elements. And so I was about, I don't know, six or seven months into my business. And someone said, you know, you're supposed to be collecting sales tax, right? And I was like, well, I figured, yeah, but I figured I would just talk to the accountant at the end and we would figure that all. Then they're like, no, 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 no. You have to submit it every month. So I was like, kind of panicked and um so I called the IRS and I was like so <laughs> this in I explained to them you know that, that I didn't know and here's where I was and uh, you know fully transparent mm-hmm. and they had a, a a grandfather system where if you contacted them and you kind of fessed up to like oops I made these mistakes mm-hmm. they would walk you through the process and and I think you'd be forgiven your penalties or something like that mm-hmm. At any rate, uh, I started down that process, went, worked with an accountant, backpedaled, figured out, figured out all the tax, um, sales tax that was owed, which wasn't much. I mean, let's, let's be honest. I told you I made like five grand that whole year. So that's a <laughs> good year to forget the sales tax. <laughs> yeah, it was a good year to not do that. Um, and then I got uh, the, the guy who was assigned my case, he kind of got like, real serious with me about like 10 days into it and (laughs) I got a little uppity with them and I'm like do I have to remind you I contacted you guys I'm not some like hardened criminal it's been 10 days (laughs) like trying to figure out it's like well you know anyway it was and then I wanted to speak to his manager I mean these were just like (laughs) young business girl um I was doing the best I could but just kind of like stepping in it everywhere oh my gosh so funny I mean it is so hard there's no I mean there are like business startup kind of guides out there but I feel like none is has everything in it where it's like what are we missing (laughs) exactly exactly but you figured it out in 20 years like (laughs) did you start off doing what you're doing now like the magazine, which we're going to get into in a sec, um, that started a bit later, right? And so what right. were what were the things you offered when you first started freelancing? Was it the marketing, graphic design, web design? So I actually wasn't trained as a designer at all. And now I actually think I'm, that's probably my strength. But, but at the time, I wasn't trained as a designer. I gravitated to to it. I always kept trying to monkey in that space a little bit using rudimentary tools like Quark Express. I don't know if you've ever done Quark Express, but it's uh, it's it's more like InDesign than it, it's really not for graphic design. And um, so I did a lot of design work in Quark Express, which mm-hmm. is what I had learned in the program I had learned in college, which is horrific to even say. I, uh, out loud right now 
Um, but really, I, I, I knew quite well, and I had had a lot of great experience. I had worked for the largest ad agency in the world um, for a time. I'd worked for a Fortune 500 tech company. Um, I, I had been surrounded, like my direct boss had been a VP for the NBA. So I had, I had been um, around really, really, really intelligent people at the top of their game. And I was a sponge and I paid attention and I listened and I learned. And I brought all that to Rapid City. And, um, and so really I was trying to do some sort of A-level marketing game in, in this market, which, I, which you probably know what that means it's in that most of the businesses here, most of the client bases here, they don't have money for focus groups and pre-testing and post-testing. And that's just not a realistic way um, to do marketing for small businesses in the Black Hills, mm-hmm. most of them anyway. So, you know, there was some adjustment on my part, both with scale and then both in that I didn't really know design. Um, and I, I just had to kind of like unpack that all and rebundle it. Um, so, but people wanted me to design their newspaper ads, you know, and it was kind of like that simple. And I was like, yeah, I will, <laughs> I will do that. <laughs> I got your messaging down. I will figure out how to design it. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, I think that always works if you have the, like you said, you kind of grew into it. If you have the, like the want to do it, like if you despise graphic design, then I feel like it'd be harder to like, kind of like mess around and grow in. But I've seen your stuff, like the covers of your magazine and like the websites you've made and things are fantastic. So it's very cool, self-taught and that's impressive. (laughs) Thank you. Thanks. So when then Black Hills Women Magazine, so you highlight uh, women in the Black Hills area. <laughs> Tell me when yeah. that started and what made you start it. Well, you know, as I mentioned, I'd li- lived in a lot of other cities and most of them had a women's magazine. And um, it it kind of became crystal clear to me. I knew, I knew the buying power women had because I, you know, was constantly following the research and, and um, frankly, in the last 20 years or so, and even starting sooner than that, but, but our buying power, just because not only are we household decision makers typically, but we're also making our own money. So our buying power has really exponentially blossomed in the last 25 years or so. And there was no um, female only uh, marketing venue or medium out here for me to recommend to my clients that um, focused on that. And, uh, the first few clients I had was one was an, um, a, a gynecology and obstetrics practice. One was a plastic surgeon. You know, these, the, so kind of all of them, really, I needed to talk to women. Mm-hmm. So I think that highlighted to me that we were, there was a void there. Mm-hmm. And um, as any smart business person will tell you, if you see a gap in the marketplace and you're able to fill it, you probably should. <laughs> so <laughs> Um, and there, there's a lot more to it than that, but, but that really was the initial inspiration to, you know, maybe I should just do this thing. Well, nice. So what was the, what was the initial feedback on your first issue? How was that getting out, gathering the stories? Well, um, we were profitable our first issue, which was great because I didn't expect to be. Um, so I, and that, that is a testament when I write in my last editor article about like a greater, I couldn't imagine being in a greater community. I'm sure that's possible in other communities, but 
it, just to have, to, to make eye contact with another small business owner and being a small business owner is tough mm -hmm. and cash flow is an issue and advertising sometimes is a hard pill for a small business to swallow. And you're looking at them going, Hey, I'm going to try this new thing. You want to throw me a few hundred dollars? <laughs> <laughs> and they go, sure. You know, like they, they believed in me really, honestly, those first few issues. And that's very, you know, meaningful. And you don't want to disappoint when people do that for you. Yeah. So uh, it was teeny. It was a smaller digest size. And um, some of the feedback I got, I would say the only negative feedback that I got was it was a little like an Avon catalog. And I was like, ooh, cringe. <laughs> no. Um, but we did a little, and people came. We did a little like a uh, release party and people came. Uh, and it, it really took off. People wanted it. I mean, I think I had 400 follows on Facebook before the magazine even dropped. Wow. So that was the community really getting behind something. Mm -hmm. And 400 so, follows on Facebook when, uh, so you, you might've just mentioned this, but how many years ago did you start this? What issue are you on now? So I, I like to say, I kind of put 12 years in, but we're in 11 years of actual putting the issue out. So, you know, because there was build up time before the first issue. So well, that's impressive alone on the, the Facebook sense. And Facebook is still kind of fairly new then. So to attract that many people, like you knew you really had, like you said, like you were filling a need within the Black Hills community. Mm -hmm. yeah. So you, you mentioned also uh, your editing on your last piece. So you are now selling the magazine. What is that like and where do you hope it goes in the future and kind of if you want to talk more about that. Well, I, I can't say who, but I, because we still have yet to sign some contracts, but I, I did accept an offer a couple of days ago. Um, and it's someone I'm very excited about. And I think, um, I think, you know, and I don't see any reason why this, <laughs> why it won't be a successful exchange of contract or anything like that. But I, I think she's going to be great. I'm really excited about her. Awesome. Yeah. Oh, that's good. That's good. So I feel like that's so company. And like, that was when you're like babies, you started this, you brought it here to know that it's going to go into good hands and continue to thrive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, I'm going to be involved at least for one more issue, maybe, maybe two, depending on her comfort level. Um, I think the idea is to, to be helpful as long as she needs me to be helpful and then and then step aside and let her make her magic. Um, so. Oh, very cool. So uh, passing that on and growing that and just throughout all your work kind of women in the Black Hills, um, what do you love about those clients that you work with or just the, the stories you've written about people? Well, I think it... it I did a very brief, like I've always felt that community was important, but I did a very brief um, stint as a retailer uh, in like 2012. It was, it was really something um, I, I, I more did it for my husband than, than myself, but he kind of wanted to try the whole uh, self-employed thing or whatever, but he, you know, he still kept his job and, and stuff like that. It ended up being with his full-time job and me doing what we, we could not maintain it, but that those, uh, I think it was a little over six months, um, that we were open. It was a great store. It was a 
total wonderful learning experience. Um, you know, you see what people go through and then you meet with client after client after client and you, uh, and it, it doesn't matter if they're an attorney or a doctor or a retailer, their, their challenges might be unique from each other, but you can see the struggle of, of small business. And then as a small business, I kind of also experience, you know, um, some of the thought processes, you know, the legislation that comes through where you're like, wait, you're going to require me to pay for everybody's healthcare. <laughs> you know, it, it becomes a different dynamic when you're like on the other side of that coin and you are a, a, a very small business, meaning like under 20 employees. That's not just some random dialogue that you're watching on, on CNN. That's, you know, and you start to go, how is that going to work? And you start to think like that. So the struggle is real. I don't want to talk about politics or anything, but the struggle is real for small business owners. And we see small business kind of dying in America. And um, so I've become more and more passionate about finding ways to help that. The magazine was one way to do it. The work I do with my clients is another way to do it. I mean, you're basically helping small businesses survive and thrive. Um, and, you know, also within the community, it's just shocking to me how many unseen, like, really cool, educated, smart, artistic, talented, you know, people we have within this community. And I think we're so humble by culture, uh, like by Midwest culture that um, it's not necessarily shouted from the rooftop, but we've got some A-gamers. We are not flyover country out here. Um, so that, that's fun. It's fun to shine a flashlight on that, even if it's just for a little bit and let people like bask in the sunlight and tell their story. And we can learn from each other. And then it's the ripple effects are crazy. Like I had a lady, uh, I've had a few people talk to me about buy, buying the magazine and I had coffee with a lady and she said, my sister started New Mexico woman magazine in part because of black Hills woman magazine. Oh, like, wow. She had seen it and she, and then you start thinking about that and you go, so then she's helping women in her community and those women are doing better. And you, and, and the ripple effects are kind of cool. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's so figure one magazine started multiple magazines. <laughs> I mean, who knows? Hopefully it's all been good stuff. I had one lady walk up to me and she goes, after your last article, I quit my job and I went and married a rancher. And I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that was a great <laughs> I mean, I was assuming it was a good thing. She seemed very happy, but that's intimidating to hear from somebody. Like, I am not qualified to give you advice on your life. That's awesome, though, to know how much like trust and faith and people have, and even just your readers that maybe you've never even spoke to before in person. Just yeah, yeah, that's very cool. <laughs> Sometimes we're just waiting for that one, that one sign or that one like thing to like give us the courage to do the thing that you want to do yeah so there was um not using the word passive but passive advice for someone to quit their job marry rancher 
what is what is some like direct advice you'd give to a new entrepreneur kind of in a smaller market maybe like the Black Hills or even in a larger one what are some of the things you went through that you would if you're mentoring someone be like these are the things you should know <laughs> I I would say don't don't wait for things to be perfect they will never be perfect just commit to the thing you want to accomplish and then figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, because if you're waiting for the, everything to line up, it just, it just never will. So I think it has to come from like commit and then, and then make it work, figure it out. It's not going to be easy, but it'll probably be worth it. That's so true. Yeah. The, the waiting for perfection and nothing's ever going to start because you can always learn more about something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and by the way, now more than ever, if you need to know a thing, there's a YouTube video, there's a PDF out there, there's a website, there's, I mean, really, is there nothing that we can't access um, to help us be better business people, better moms, better whatever our roles are. Um, It's kind of a cool time to be alive and be able to do things. Yeah, no, that's an interesting, I kind of want your perspective on um, your business 20 years ago and like growing it without necessarily like social media and like the prominence, like what YouTube is today compared to now. What are some of those like huge comparisons that are easier, maybe some things that are more difficult because of technology? Well, so technology obviously and, and I think even COVID really like pushed us in a year and a half, what maybe would have taken seven years for the country to figure out mm-hmm. in terms of how mobile we all can be, mm-hmm. um, how we can still conduct business um, in, in not all cases, obviously, but in, in many cases from a home PC or, you know, whatever. I mean, those things are all great. They come with their cons as well. I would say in our industry uh, with, with marketing and design and stuff like that, they've gotten so good at, at software mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, lay people can, can figure out how to master their social media and how to build their own websites and how to design their own things. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the, the downside is that's not necessarily strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, as much as I think a lot of people think that you can wing marketing or that it's just common sense. There really is education involved in it and um, science involved in it. And um, a good marketing professional is, is, is worth their um, pay in droves. Uh, but, you know, those are threats to our industry. Um, and, you know, they may or may not have a good design head as well, but can run software. <laughs> right. I, so think I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah. That is interesting and the like the availability of knowledge but then like some of the things when I started kind of on my own freelancing like how you were saying how like you didn't know about sales tax those things you just don't know I feel like sometimes the same can come with marketing like there's so many things you can if you don't know it like you can google and you can watch youtube videos but you're only looking for what you know to look for versus like a kind of trained marketer knows there's so many other avenues that it's like okay you know that but are you even thinking about the fact that you need this with it (laughs) right right well and I I mean I've even come into situations where the marketing director their title literally was the marketing director but it was one of those scenarios where they were um kind of 
a smart a smart guy that that was reliable and got kept getting moved into positions that they maybe didn't have the education for and things were not going well at this company and with with their sales and their their figures well I, you know when i looked at their marketing he was placing $8000 in radio ads and only doing radio so they were spending 8 grand a month on radio as their only marketing wow <laughs> and so then you have to diplomatically be like well <laughs> um you know you don't want this guy hating you and you don't want to make him look bad in front of the owners of the you know his bosses mm -hmm. but uh those things can be like interesting and tricky um and you come across them a lot in but it's kind of like what you said i mean i'm sure he was um trying to figure out the marketing world and he was probably leaning on a very savvy radio rep <laughs> mm -hmm, <sure. laughs> and, uh, so anyway yeah Oh, very cool. So, um, with all the people you have helped, are there any stories that stick out, like clients that you really helped get off the ground that you just felt like, oh my gosh, I'm so happy I helped your business grow? Yeah, I mean, oh gosh, there's a lot. I I think um, some of my earlier, I I have many of my clients that I had from the early days. Um, you know, you, you kind of become friends over time and um, the relationship is not just business anymore, but uh, executive lodging, and they're also the owners of it, like a Kayla spa, mm -hmm. uh, they, they, they owned executive lodging, but they lived East River and they had like two lodges uh, at the time out here. And of course this is before Airbnb, they were so far ahead of their time. Um, they, started with two lodges when they called me. And I think it was about five years ago, she um, reported to me that they had 20% um, of all the lodges in the Black Hills, the vacation rentals in the Black Hills, but 50% of the bookings. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So I don't know if, if uh, I, I don't think, you know, I mean, I think the landscape for that industry also is changing, but that was, that was us as a team that was marketing and their, their savviness as owners and website portals and on and on and on. And, and sometimes you have to like for them, eventually they got so big and so successful that I said, you need, you need someone other than me to do your website. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you need someone that specializes in this. And that can do online booking. Like they they had outgrown me. Now they still stick with me in a lot of ways and I still do all their, but that was my recommendation to them because that's when you're really serving someone, you need to know when they've outgrown you and that's fine, you know, but uh, they will always come back to me for the everything else that I can do. And um, that kind of loyalty, like people recognize it when you're giving it to them. Yeah. Oh, that's great. And you, so I think I, they're responsible for 50% of the bookings of all visitors. I think uh, vacation home rental. That's huge. When, when you mm -hmm. first said, I thought you meant they were booking 50% of their rentals, but no, you mean like everything available out there. That's wild. <laughs> yeah. The vacation home market that, yeah. And that was like five years ago. I don't know if that's true today, but yeah. So. Cause Airbnb, we know what happened with them. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, very cool. And definitely, I, I love that. Did you do their logo then? Well, their logo, they had a different, that, <laughs> that logo, uh, that they had uh, someone else do their logo, which is the reason they called me. Um, they didn't love it. Mm 
Mm. And, but they didn't want to change it completely. So we did a little facelift. We've done three facelifts, mm. but without starting from scratch. Sure. So even though I'm like morally opposed to mountains and logos around here, <laughs> sometimes there's no getting around one. Mm. And that's why you will see a mountain in that logo. <laughs> <laughs> It's a little like logo refresh every every once in a little facelift. Yeah. 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 <laughs> very cool. Very fun. Um uh so you're you're getting ready to pass on the magazine. You're still maintaining and running your company. What are your plans for the next like one to two to five years? What do you see your future kind of looking like? You know, honestly, I've my goals have never been to be a big firm. Mm -hmm. And, um, I don't particularly love managing people. Sure. It's not my favorite part. And so I think I've kind of found this, this sweet spot of, of contract workers that I trust and can work with and, um, vendors and resources that make me so much more high powered as a marketing professional than I ever could have been 20 mm -hmm. years ago. Sure. Um, that I want to cultivate like the best client list and just get really, really, really good. I've got my eye on a few trainings and stuff that I want to take care of in areas that I personally want to grow in, mm -hmm. um, within the marketing sphere. And so like, we just learned a new web platform in the last year and it, and it elevated my web game, like, <laughs> I can't even say it because it wasn't very good to start with because I, that wasn't my area, but now with these tools, kind of like what we were talking about, I mean, the stuff I can do is just insane. Um, so it's stuff like that, finding all the best tools mm -hmm. because the efficiencies that I can squeeze from those are super valuable to the client base mm -hmm. and, um, they kind of protect me and my business from the threat of, you know, the average Joe just being able to like use Canva mm -hmm. or Wix or, you know, it's just, it's still elevated and worth the money and the effort of hiring a consultant. Yeah, absolutely. And just like you said, the, the strategy portion, like it's not that you're just making something pretty. It's like your spot behind every word and placement and who you're talking about and all of those things. Yeah. A hundred percent. Well, I have one last question for you, and this is my favorite one. Um, but what or who inspires you just on a day-to-day -day or through your journey? You know, I don't know. That's okay. <laughs> well, let, let me rephrase that. I, I feel like when I say I've had a, like a weird, like interesting life, I, I kind of joke that it's like a Forrest Gump life have you you've seen the movie right yeah. <laughs> and and Forrest Gump just sort of backs in and he's suddenly shaking hands with the president or he's <laughs> you know he's like doing some weird thing or in the middle of some great event like Woodstock or <laughs> whatever <laughs> it was it Woodstock it wasn't Woodstock but that those kinds of things happen to me mm -hmm. and like I I was an intern at the White House um, no. And the people that I met doing that, or I was on a game show, um, you know, 20 so years ago, I, I've done these weird things and had these weird brushes with people. When that happens, and you meet when you meet an Oscar winner, for an example, or when you meet a high ranking White House official, for example, 
and you spend any length of time with those people and you have conversations with those people, what you start to realize is they are very, very human. There's not some sort of superhuman element to these people. They might have gifts and they might have um, talents that help them get to where they are, but really they put their pants on to use a cliche one leg at a time. That makes everything seem attainable. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I think getting to know myself and, and I try to teach this to my kids, getting to know myself and where I'm strong and where I'm weak, um, and then deciding what to pursue that, you know, within the sphere of the world, if some other human can do it and I can unpackage my talents and minimize my weaknesses, that really I can do whatever I want. And I think that I kind of get my inspiration from sort of a macro thinking like that. Yeah. I love that. I love the the macro thinking and the like inspiration by listening to yourself. Like that's so important and like recognizing the strengths and weaknesses within things. And, you know, also Forrest Gump. Sounds like he was an inspiration. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why not? <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining today. And I loved hearing all about you. And then those tidbits you threw at the end, like the game show in the White House. And like... <laughs> yeah, yeah. But weird. Where, can, <laughs> where can people find you um, and get in contact with you or just keep following what you're doing? Um, probably toddadvertising.com. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on. This is a girls empowering girls right here. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for listening to the lay the course podcast brought to you by Vela creative co connect with us at lay the course podcast.com or on Instagram at lay the course podcast until next time.